Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. For those of you who don't know, I uh, moved up to Adelaide uh, six years ago now and I moved up initially for uni. Um, I came to this church, I came from a small church and can I be really honest with you tonight? My first time at Victory, I didn't really like it. It was big. Uh, I was intimidated. I thought, wow, how can I find my place in this house? Um, And I was fortunate enough to make some uh, good friends with some people who are here and they held me accountable to it. The amount of times they called up and said, hey, you coming to church, I'll pick you up. And I said, nah, you know, I'm feeling a bit sick. I don't really want to come. But they pushed me anyway. And I'm so thankful for that in the end. I moved up here to study physiotherapy and throughout that process, that four-year process, I discovered uh, my heart for the church and for what God is doing in this place. Um, You know, physiotherapy and health industries, we can only help so much as far as uh, physical ailments go. But who knows that true healing only happens when we come into contact with the true Father, our Creator. Thanks. so some of you are thinking, wait, I haven't seen you for the whole six years. Um, I got a scholarship, which meant at the end of my uni, I had to go back to Mount Gambier and work for the country. So that was my plan. I had it all set. Um, I got a great job working down in the country, uh, back down in Mount Gambier. I moved down there. Two weeks later, I was back up here. I think it was for a birthday or something. And I was at church and I was down the front. And afterwards, I started talking with this young lady and it changed my life. Changed my life. I couldn't believe it. I had all my plans. And then Susanna Mangos was standing up the front. And for some reason, she thought that she would come up and talk to me. And I tell you, I knew Suz for four years before, but never in my life had he experienced something like this. We're talking and my heart starts beating and the heavens open and the angels are going, "Ah!" And I thought, what the heck is with your timing, God? What the heck? So um, fell in love. We talked for a little bit online um, through FaceTime, asked her out for breakfast and lo and behold, two years later, moved back, um, work as a physio now when I'm not wandering around here uh, on a Tuesday volunteering for the worship team. I work for the Lyle McEwen Hospital uh, and for Modbury Hospital, uh, working with people predominantly at the moment who are on the waiting list for orthopaedic surgery because the government's realised in the public system that the list is quite big. So people are waiting for a little while and they thought, let's invest some money to try and get them better so we don't have to operate on them. So that's what I do. That's a little bit about me. Um, what you've got to understand is for four years at uni, we learn about how the body's supposed to work. We learn about uh, all the muscles and all the nerves and how it all fits together and how ideally our body's supposed to move and how it's supposed to work. You finish uni, you start your job and you realise you know nothing. You know nothing, nothing at all. What's a bicep? What's a human body? I have no clue. Um, And then throughout that, then you start to learn what you're actually doing. First year uni, I'm a tall, skinny, I'm still a tall, skinny, tall, skinny um, country kid who's learning about how the body works. And we learn about the muscles and everything. And I remember being in class and they're going, oh yeah, this is a bicep. Come on, everybody get your bicep out. And I'm looking at mine going, do I have a bicep? I'm not really sure. They're like, these are your calves. That's how they work. And I'm like, hmm, I don't know if I've got calves. Are you sure that's on everybody? Uh, I'm not sure how it works. Um, and I wasn't alone. 
Uh, I'd made a friend there and he was also tall and skinny from the country, from Victor Harbour. And we decided, you know what? We're going to sign up to the gym. We're going to sign up to the uni gym. It's quite cheap. We're going to go there on our lunch break and uh, we're going to put to practice everything we're learning. So we did this. Uh, about two, three weeks down the track, we've been going and, uh, and something amazing happened. I'd graduated from the bar. <laughs> Some of you aren't too sure. You're like, were you studying law? I thought you were studying physics. No, I graduated from only lifting the bar. <laughs> My little two and a half kilos on each end. I was uh, pushing them out. It was a big day. It was a big day. <laughs> It's a big deal. For those of you one day, if you go to the gym, graduating from the bar is a great feeling. Um, a few weeks later, we're learning again about how our muscles work, and we're learning about the different kinds of the ways our muscles contract. So you've got what's called, here's a physio lesson for you all, um, you've got a concentric contraction, which is where your muscle moves from a longer uh, effect of the muscle to a shorter one. So it's like your typical bicep curl, your bicep's long, you move it, and it's short. A um, couple of others, and then they talk to us about this magical exercise called an eccentric contraction, and this is what got us. They said an eccentric contraction is good for muscle hypertrophy, and all of you guys are like, ah, yeah, nice, muscle hypertrophy. It means muscle growth. So my mate and I are like, oh, this is it. We've got it. Here come muscles. Next week, I'm going to be up here next to Tony Rainbow, and whoo, we're going to be great. Um, so an eccentric muscle contraction is the opposite to a concentric muscle contraction. So rather than moving the muscle from its lengthened position to a shortened position, you move it with weight from a shortened position to a lengthened position, nice and slow. And the thing about these exercises is you can do it with a lot more weight than what you normally would. So my mate and I rock up at the gym the next day. Uh, we've bought some new shorts. We've got our little calves out. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and we do our little workout and we think, all right, this is it. You know, this is, this is the secret we've been missing in our workout career of three weeks. This is what's been missing. Um, so we do our little workout and we go, okay, we're going to try this eccentric training. So we were doing it on the bench press. So full of confidence because I've just graduated from the bar, my little two and a half kilos on each side. We decided it would be a good idea. We're like, how much weight should we put on? Oh, I'm not too sure maybe 20 kilos on each side. So I've just graduated from the bar and I think 20 kilos, that'll be great. So the gym is packed, by the way, all right? Filled with young teenage boys, filled with testosterone, knowing all about how the body works and discovering their muscles for the first time. So we load up the bar and I'm sitting down. I put my hands on it and I look over and Hayden's off. Hayden's my mate who was at the gym with. He's getting a drink. And you've got to understand, I'm filled with confidence. I'm like... This is it. I've got it. So I lift up the bar. I set myself, lift it off. And I think, mm, you know what? We're going all right. And then I start lowering it. Gym's packed, absolutely packed. Pick it up, start lowering the bar. And I didn't realise that I had an issue until I was about halfway. And then all of a sudden I realised, oh, I can't lift it. And I'm going, uh, Hayden, <sighs> Hayden. Hayden, 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 get off me. And everybody, the gym's packed. Everybody's looking at me. Hayden comes running over. And you've got to understand, Hayden isn't the biggest person at this point either. So he's on top going, lift, lift, lift. I'm going, Hayden, I can't lift it. Bruising on my chest. I'm going, this is not, not the ideal situation. This wasn't the formula to Tony Rainbow that I thought it was. 
And anyway, he goes, to, to make it worse, he can't lift it off and he goes, Morgan, you're gonna have to drop it. And I'm like, no, if anyone's been to the gym before, dropping weights is the worst. He goes, you're gonna have to do it. So, ah, ah, bruising on my chest, you're gonna have to drop it. Katunk, katunk, the weights fall off the end. We pick him up, quickly set up, and we walk out of the gym. <laughs> it took a lot of confidence to go back in afterwards. And I spent the next four years of my uni wondering who saw me in that moment and knows me as the bloke who couldn't lift the weight. You know, I wonder sometimes in life if we ever feel like we're crushed under the weight of life. We feel like we've been lifting something or we've been handed something to lift expectations from parents, expectations of culture, expectations of how we should live from the Bible. And we feel crushed under the weight of it like it's just too much to handle. Have you ever been in a situation where you feel like it's too much to handle? Sometimes we can even read the Bible and we think, you know what, God, your expectations for me as a Christian, it's just way too much to handle. We read the Ten Commandments, where we read that we're supposed to have no other God but God. Um, we're not to take the Lord's name in vain. Keep the Sabbath holy. Honour our father and mother. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. And these are all like little weights that we find get loaded onto our bar that we're supposed to carry. And then we graduate from the Old Testament, we're in the New Testament, and Jesus starts adding weight left, right and centre. He goes, you know what? This is Mark 5. He goes, you've heard that you shouldn't commit adultery. Now I tell you, even if you look at a woman lustfully, you've committed adultery in your heart. Now I don't know about you, but that's a big 20 that he's just lifted onto the bar. And then he says, you know what? You've heard it said, don't commit murder. I say, even if you disagree with someone and are angry at them and you call them an idiot, how many people have ever called someone an idiot? He says the same. <laughs> Let me get it up. He says, uh, you've heard the commandment. You must not murder. If you commit murder, you're subject to judgment. But I say, even if you're angry with someone, you're subject to the same judgment. So I don't know about you, but you could be under the Ten Commandments going, you know, this is pretty easy. This is pretty good. Jesus adds so much weight to the bar and you might find yourself going, oh, you know what? It's a little bit harder, a little bit harder. And then Paul jumps on board too and adds some more weight to the bar. He says, you know what? As Christians, we should also produce all kinds of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Ah, it's just too much to handle sometimes. You know, I was in the gym again recently, uh, about four weeks ago, and uh, I, I summoned the courage to get back in. It was all good. Um, and I was in the gym with, uh, for those of you who know, Xander and Dan and Matt Roos, and uh, we just completed a little workout. And out of the corner of my ear, I hear Xander talking with Dan, and he goes, oh, I think this would be a good opportunity. We should try some eccentric training. And I went, Mm-mm-mm. No, 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 no. I tried to hightail it out of there, but I didn't. And, um, and I'm under this weight that Xander's loaded up with more weight. And I'm making every excuse in the book. You know, Xander, you don't understand. I've got some scars. You know, I had a bruise for weeks. I'm a physio. I know what I'm talking about. My joints are going to hurt. This isn't a good idea. And what Xander said was so profound. And he didn't even realise he said it. I called him up this week and I said, hey, mate, you know you pretty much wrote my preach for me this week. And he went, what? I'm complaining under the bar. I'm saying, Xander, I can't physically lift it. I've got fear. I know I cannot lift it. It's going to get stuck on me. I can't do it. And he goes, Morgan, be quiet. You're completely missing the point. 
He said, it's the whole point that you're not supposed to lift it. You're not supposed to be able to handle this weight. And that's why I'm here. I'm here to help you lift the weight because in lifting that weight, your joints get exposed to a higher weight than they can handle and you grow as a result of it. And I think sometimes God says that for the same thing. He goes, you know what? Yes, it is too hard. It's too much to handle. You will struggle on the weight, but that's the whole point because you're not meant to do it alone. That's why I am here. It's gonna be up on the screen, but John 5, verse 5 says this. Yes, I'm the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So Jesus is setting up this metaphor about what our relationship with Him should be like. And to explain that a little bit more tonight, I've got a couple of helpers. Put your hands together. Oh, they're running up. We've got a Kestrel and Dylan Blackmore. They're on their way out. Let's give them a hand. Whew. Two fine young men. Kestrel, can you stand right here for me? I can take that one. And Dills, you're going to come over this side. All right. Now, who believes me when I tell them that Dylan is stronger than his dad, Kestrel? Yeah. Woo! Yeah, he believes it. He believes it. Yeah, I like that. That's good. Cool. Um, in Jesus' metaphor, he's saying that I'm the vine and you're the branches. All right, so I'm the vine, the branches attached to me, you're the branches and the fruit or the, the weight in which you're carrying is attached to you. So I've got some weights here, little five kilos. All right, Dylan, you're gonna hold this one for me. We're gonna have a, a, a bit of a lift off. And we're going to see who can hold these weights the longest. So this half of the room, your team Dylan, give it up for team Dylan. Woo! This half of the room, your team Kestrel, give it up. All right. In a minute, Dylan, you're going to just, you're doing well holding the weight there, by the way. That's good. You're going to hold the weight up at your chest just here, all right? In a minute, in a minute. That's all right. And Kestrel, I'm going to get you to hold the weight out here, okay? Think you can do it for me in a minute? Yeah. Oh, look at that. Um, we're going to count down to three, two, one, and you guys need a cheer. We're going to see who can hold it for the longest. You ready? Are right, you ready? Three, two, one, go! Hey, there he is, holding. He's not cheating, that's all right. Look at him, he's got it. He's cool as a cucumber. Whew, not bad. Is that a bit of sweat there, Kestrel? What's going on there? Oh, he's got the shakes. He's got the shakes. I see a bit of a tricep bulge there. Whew. Kestrel's got some guns. Look at Dylan over here. Cool as a cucumber. Not bad. Now, Kestrel did tell me, you know, I'm pretty strong. I could probably hold this for a little while. And I said, <laughs> and I said, if that happens, you've just got to fake it, all right? This is really important for my preach. So look at him. He's shaking. He's shaking. It's getting lower. It's getting lower. It's getting lower. Still, still not sweating at all. It's too easy. And, uh, and there we go. He's just dropped it a little bit. Just dropped it. You know, I think that kind of illustrates my point. Dylan, you're stronger than your dad. Well done. You can hold it for longer. Give it up for these guys. Next time I'll get a heavier weight and maybe a, a less strong person to hold it out here. But how many times do we as Christians try and bear the weight of the world, of everything that's on top of us, of what God's called us to do too far away from the source of our strength. God says, I am the vine, 
you're the branches. You produce the fruit, but you have to remain in me. God is the source of our strength. And it's so important that for us to be able to carry the weight that's too much for us to handle, that we rely on His strength. So how do we do that? How do we rely on God's strength? Um, Good thing you came because I'm about to tell you. So uh, the first thing we have to do to be able to rely on God's strength, to be able to take the weight of what we can't handle is we have to know God. Really simple. See, the reason why I could trust Xander to be able to spot me and lift the weight when we're at the gym is because I knew him. I knew that he'd lifted that weight before. I knew that he had my best interest in heart and I knew that he wouldn't let me crumble under the weight. So how do we get to know God? How do you get to know God? Well, I like to think of it as how do we get to know anyone these days? How would you get to know someone who you've just met face to face? And you know, you're probably thinking, oh, well, you go up to talk to them, but you're all liars. There's one thing that you all do before to get to know someone. You stalk them. Instagram, Facebook, you go, I want to know what this person puts about themselves into the world. I want to know what they want me to know about them. All right. And you know what? I think that God actually wants us to stalk Him. I think that we have His Word that is God's representation. He goes, this is what I've made to let you know who I am. This is God's Instagram profile. All right, and he's perfectly happy for us to log on and, and read and look at what he's putting out. He goes, you know what? I want you to know what I did you know, a century ago. I want you to know um, what I did in people's lives. I want you to know more about me. And we do that by reading his word. See, as we read his word, we get to know about the nature of God. We read stories about how God came through for people um, time and time and time again. We read stories like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego who are in a fiery furnace, but we see that God's right in there with them. And we discover that God's a God who doesn't allow us to go things through, go through things alone, but He wants to be right in the middle with us as we're going through things. We read things like Psalm 46, which says, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. We read in Nehemiah 8.10, Don't be dejected or sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Isaiah 41.10, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. You see, as we read, as we stalk God's Instagram page, as we read His Bible, we get to know about His nature. We start to discover a little bit about Him. We start to learn that He's not someone who's going to let you just crumble under the weight. And time and time again, He's been there to help lift it off people. I don't think it's enough that we just stalk once. See, what you've got to understand is I think that God is an active Instagram user. All right? You know those annoying people? Every day, every few hours, they're up there, they've got the stories. I think that's what God's like. He goes, you know what? If you click on my profile, I've got something new to show you. I've got something new and fresh, a fresh revelation of my strength. And so it's so important that we don't just read once, but we keep going back and back and back and keep reading about God. Who knows that stalking will only get you so far? (laughs) Stalking will (laughs) allow you to get to know about God. But I don't think that it'll actually get us to know God. You see, when I had my moment down the front where the heavens opened and the oh, moment, 
moment and I knew that Susanna was the girl I was going to marry, I had already stalked her. I knew everything I needed to know about her as far as I could know from Instagram and Facebook. But if I wanted to grow closer to her, if I wanted to deepen and start a relationship with her, then I needed to take the stalking to another level. I need to take... I need to, to, to do something different. And this, this might be a word for some of you now. You know that person that you like, that you're continually stalking? It's not going to be enough. There comes a point, and it's the same in our relationship with God, where reading is good and it's integral and we need to do it, but we have to initiate contact. We have to start to talk with God. And can I be honest? This is always awkward at the start. Always awkward at the start. After my eyes open, amazing ah, moment with Susanna uh, and the stalking that happened afterwards, there was a point in which I had to initiate contact. And when you haven't done this before, you're going to feel weird. It's going to be awkward. My one for SARS looked like, uh, hey, so I'm going back to Mount Gambier in three days. You want to catch up for breakfast? I mean, you don't have to. It's all right. I understand. You know, if you've got work, that's fine. You don't have to. It's all right. Followed by all of this. But the initial contact is always awkward and always weird. Um, thankfully, she said, yeah, that'd be great. Let's get married. No, she didn't. <laughs> she didn't say that. She'll say that's what I said on the first date. But what followed that was months of talking and getting to know each other. And you know what? God wants us to do the same with Him. See, talking with God is just praying with God, praying to Him, getting to know Him at a deeper level. Um, there comes a point where we have to initiate the contact. Pray, prayer deepens our relationship with God. It takes us further than what just reading or stalking can do. <laughs> prayer brings us closer to Him. He's created us with a need for connection and prayer's that connection. You see, talking helps us to draw closer to God. Stalking and talking is what we need to do to move from holding our weight out here away from the source of God, having our branches with the fruit extended far away and draw us closer in to the source of our strength, which is God. Once, we've, once we know how to draw near to God, drawing near is important to be able to uh, be knitted in and get His strength. I think we need to do something else as well. And this is what I did wrong the first time I tried to lift the weight, and that I did right the second time. And that's, we have to know ourselves. We know God and we have to know ourselves. You see, if I had known myself better, I would have known that I couldn't lift that weight when I first did it at uni. Um, we have to know our own weaknesses. You know, uh, we learn at Physio that your body has its own inbuilt warning signals, its own inbuilt uh, warning signals, alerts that tell us that we're lifting too much, that we're carrying too much. One of them is uh, if a muscle starts to get fatigued, it produces lactic acid and you have these things called chemoreceptors which pick up the change in the pH level. I'm sounding really smart. Um, the change in the pH level which sends a message up to the brain which sends a message back to the muscle which makes it feel an ache. And this is just a signal to say, hold on, my energy's low. I'm not feeling very good. I might need a little bit of help. And you know what? It's the same with us as Christians. How rested do you feel? When was the last time you took notice of the, the achiness in your spiritual walk? The, the wake up in the morning and I don't feel refreshed because these are all warning signs to say, you know what? We might be trying to carry something in our own strength with our weight too far out to the side. 
Another thing that our body does um, when you've been lifting too much is uh, areas become inflamed. And they call it, you know, they call it inflammatory soup. And basically what that means is say in a joint, there's normally a bunch of cells which live in there and that's normal. There's a normal amount of these inflammatory cells which live in a joint. But what happens when the joint's exposed to too much load over too long a time, the brain goes, hey, there's something wrong. We better send heaps more of these healing cells down and it expands. So you get a, um, like a hyper reaction, you get an exaggerated response. So those that are normally there get heightened in an effort to alert the body to the fact that there's damage about to be done. And I think that this parallels to how our emotions work it as well. See, we have emotions all the time. There's emotions that are there, but who knows that there's times when your emotions somehow slip up a little bit. You have those moments where you might get a little bit snappy. It's been a hard day at work. You come home and you snap at the kids. You snap at your wife. You go, wow, where was that? You get a little bit more angry when you're uh, rushing to get somewhere and there's some uh, people cutting in and you get angry. See, we have to listen to our emotions because I think that they can be a warning sign to tell us that, hang on, you're carrying a little bit too much weight. I'm going too quick for my notes. <laughs> you see, our emotions are God-created. Inflammation in a joint is there for a purpose. They're God-created. And they don't catch God by surprise, but sometimes they can catch us by surprise. And we need to recognise when that happens, when we have this exaggerated response to a normal stimuli, a normal thing happen in life, when we have an exaggerated response to it, it might be a sign that we're trying to carry too much weight without God. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9. And this is really important because sometimes we can think that uh, we're supposed to be able to carry the weight. If I was a good Christian, I'd be able to carry the weight. I'd be able to do all the stuff that God commands and it would be good. Um, but 2 Corinthians verse 12 says this. Uh, 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9 says this. And this is why it's so important that we learn to recognise our own weaknesses. It says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. For my power, this is God talking, my power is made perfect in your weakness. I say that again, my power, God's power is made perfect in our weakness. So this means when we recognise our own weakness, it's not a chance for us to go, oh God, you know, I should be able to do that. God's going, no, this is right where I want you. This is, this is the whole point. When you're under that bar, recognising that it's too much for you to handle, God's going, that's the whole point because now it's time for me to demonstrate to you my power so you can show that my power is made perfect in your weakness. The Scripture goes on to say, that is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. What would our lives look like if when we recognised our weaknesses, when we recognised the aches that are happening, when we recognise we're a little bit tired, when we recognise that um, uh, our emotions are a little bit heightened, what would happen if rather than keeping on holding the weight until we buckle under it, like I did at the gym back in the day, what would happen if we went, you know what, this is time that I have to stalk God. I've got to get into His Word. I've got to saturate myself with the truths about His love. I've got to know that He is a strong God who's got my back. What would it look like if we started to pray 
in those moments, if we stalked and if we talked to God, because I think it would look like a people who are able to carry a weight which other people can't even see how it's possible. And it gives us an opportunity to go, you know what? Yeah, I'm under the pump. This is happening at work. I'm serving in this at church. The flippin' worship leader wants me to learn two new songs this week, but I can carry it because I know my God is so much stronger because He takes away, He changes how I feel in those moments. Um, I'm just gonna close and I wanna close with this thought. Our focus can't be on the fruit that we're trying to bear. Quite often we can get focused on, oh, I have to you know, not think this way or take every thought captive or I've got to be able to um, do everything and be everything that God wants me to be. I've got to be a good employee at work. I've got to be able to be a good student. I've got to get good uh, results in year 12 exams. And we're focused on the fruit when rather we need to be focused on our connection to the source of the strength. We've got to be focused not on where we're, not on how we're bearing the fruit, not on the weight of what's happening, but rather focused on where we're positioned in relation to God. God doesn't want us to be crumbling under the weight. He doesn't want us to be uh, like me back at the gym six years ago, bruised on the chest because I thought I could carry something I couldn't handle. See, God want us, wants us to recognise the need for us to be like I was at the gym four weeks ago where we can lift weight that we've never lifted before. We can uh, go through year 12 exams and be serving at church and do all that and succeed because we know that He's got us. He's got our backs. He's got our backs with work. He's got our back in every single portion of our lives. But it's so important that we recognise the need to do it. We know ourselves. We know our weak points because we know that in our weakness, His strength is perfect. And then we've got to know that we've got to draw close to His strength by stalking and by talking. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 